Welcome to Between Two Blue Devils, a podcast that profiles the incredible teachers, students, alumni, staff, and community members of Talmadge City Schools and Talmadge, Ohio. Hey, thanks for joining me. I'm Mark Warner, your host and a proud teacher at Talmadge High School. Now, get ready to meet some amazing people who are changing lives on a daily basis. Hello, Between Two Blue Devil listeners. I know it's been a while and I apologize, but hey, it's summer break and I've been taking full advantage of it. I've been relaxing, reading, growing, and strategizing for this upcoming year. But I didn't want to let this interview sit any longer. A few weeks ago, I had the privilege of interviewing our superintendent, Mr. Jeffrey Ferguson. What a great interview. Before the interview, we sat in his office and we chatted for almost an hour about the joys of coaching, coaching football and the privilege of impacting lives. And I listened as Mr. Ferguson bragged about his own personal kids and then his other kids, the kids of Talmadge City Schools. Mr. Ferguson loves our kids, and he takes great pride in leading Talmadge City Schools. Now, being the superintendent of a school system has its challenges, and Mr. Ferguson has led in a mighty way. Sit back and learn a little bit more about this extraordinary man who makes really tough decisions, who enjoys watching our district grow, and who has dedicated his entire life to helping kids. So sit back, grab some coffee, enjoy this interview. Welcome to a special edition of Between Two Blue Devils, and uh, I'm here. I have the distinct privilege of interviewing Mr. Ferguson, our school superintendent, Uh, and I've been really looking forward to this because, like you, I have a lot of questions about the time that we're living in and just other things in general uh, that leadership has to deal with. And Mr. Ferguson has been with us on and off in Talmadge City Schools for many, many years. So I think you're going to enjoy this interview. So Mr. Ferguson, welcome. Thank you, uh, Mr. Horner. I I think many, many years is a very polite way for saying I'm old, so I appreciate that kind of... Well, hey, I'm starting my 22nd year, so I'm old too. <laughs> right. So I appreciate that. So that was a bit of a surreal moment when uh, I went from being considered one of the young teachers to being one of the old veterans. And I still remember I was in the hallway and somebody said, hey, I got to go talk to one of the young teachers. I'm like, well, I'm right here. And they're like, oh, Mr. Horner, right. you've been around for a while. I'm like, yep. I guess you, you, you kind of, it doesn't feel that way. But time goes by fast, doesn't it? Yep, it, it, it really does. I mean, I feel like it was just the other day I was sitting over it in room 604, which is now a, a nice grass field out here, uh, teaching with a chalkboard. And uh, <laughs> I, remember, I remember the year we got our first computer at Talmadge High School, and the argument was between who would get that one computer, the uh, shop teacher or the typing teacher, and wow. neither of them wanted it. <laughs> We're going to stay away from that uh, that technology. Yeah, right. That's that's so funny. I remember when I first started teaching at my the second year, I was actually in the annex, uh, and I remember begging and pleading for a whiteboard. I'm like, I, I got to get away from the chalkboard. I hated the feel of chalk and all that, and I cannot. I was so excited when I came in one morning and there was a brand new whiteboard. Right. You know, now we're begging and pleading for smart boards or we're not even using those yeah. things anymore we're yeah. just in, in, screen sharing and yeah we're uh, in light of you know obviously working from home for nine weeks the remote learning we're getting ready to test some technology around uh some camera technology where okay. a, a teacher would uh teach a lesson to the students that are present mm-hmm. and students who who would be home would would be able to view the lesson and interact. So I, I forget what the name of that technology. Do you remember the name of the, the camera? I know what you're talking about because I actually spoke to um, Mr. Redinger about it for a while, and I know my brother, who's a pastor, they've, they've utilized some of those cameras, and the cameras actually just follow you around. Fo- yeah. And they're all voice-activated and yep. interactive. That's Yeah, we're getting ready to test one out. That Well, uh, hey, room 1110. So <laughs> <laughs> it's some amazing stuff. Uh, yeah, it really is. It's, it's amazing. So I certainly want to get into the remote learning and the decision-making behind, you know, COVID-19 and all this stuff. But before we do, uh, let's just kind of go back. How long have you been in education? Who Who is 
Mr. Ferguson. All right. So, uh, well, I, th I think this is my 33rd year oh, wow. in education. And uh, 33 or 34, it depends on what, <laughs> where you give me the start date. And uh, as you said in the introduction, 20, roughly 26 of it has been here in Talmadge. So wow. I started in Talmadge uh, teaching high school English. I uh, was an assistant principal here and then uh, left, uh, left Talmadge, uh, went on to Coventry High School, then Aurora High School, then came back here as a high school principal, and then uh, now been superintendent, I think this is year 14. Has it been 14 years already? I think so, yeah. It was either 13 or 14. No, I think it's 14 because last year was really cool. Uh, the class graduating last year, uh, one of the moms reminded me kindergarten register or opening uh, parent night for kindergarten of that senior class hmm. was one of my first really speeches as a superintendent. Oh wow! And I told her that you're gonna blink, and and here it is. <laughs> and she said, "God, it, it, you were right. It, <laughs> I, I blinked, and here I am." And I was like, you know, I had forgot, obviously forgot I said it, but it is. So that was a cool uh, yeah. opportunity for you to get to see a group of kids go all the way yeah. through from kindergarten through uh, graduation. That's amazing. Well, I so it's good that you know that it was 14 years because I've wondered how long I've been at the high school because I was bumped to the high school the year you started as principal. Yeah. So that was when Dr. Fran Martino asked me, said, hey, Mark, would you want to move up to the high school? And I said, no. And he's like, well, you don't have a choice. You're moving. So you're on your way. And I came in and I remember, you know, walking the hallways thinking, all right, how am I going to handle the block? you know, coming from a traditional schedule to middle school. Right. But then also, you know, I didn't know anything about you, uh, but, you know, I, you know, what do you do with the new principal? And nobody knew. So there are all these rumors floating around about how strict you were and all that. And I'm like, well, he's nowhere near as strict of as from where I came from, <laughs> you know. And so, uh, right. but uh, yeah, so that 14 years. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It's amazing. a lot. And you're right, man, I've blinked. And just in my own personal life, and it's now my daughter's going to be a senior, right? And son's going to be a freshman, and uh, we're entering a whole different stage of our life. So, how how about your kids? Tell us a little bit about your kids. Yeah, so uh, I have four children. Uh, a number of them would not want me to divulge their age, so I won't do that. <laughs> I'll just say this: that uh, the proud alumni of Talmadge, uh, probably. Some, something that, you know, one of the things, if, if you uh, kind of a core value of, of this district is service. Mm -hmm. So all four of my students, I don't think it, or all four of my students, my children, I don't think it's by accident that they ended up in service. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have, uh, Brianne is a mother of two, so I have two grandchildren with Brianne, and mm -hmm. She works in a hospital lab. Okay. Uh, and then I have uh, Margaret is a mother of one, another grandchild, and she is a high school English teacher at Stowe High School. Okay. Boo. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So she teaches uh, high school English at Stowe. And then uh, Colleen is uh, an ER nurse downtown Los Angeles. Okay. Wow. Right so, in, uh, right. So right she, in the thick of the storm she's right been now. in the thick of it and it's been uh quite you know quite nerve-wracking for her and for us mm -hmm. and then patrick is a first lieutenant at uh with the first cav fort hood texas wow so you've got a daughter who's in the thick of the storm dealing with this disease and then you got a son who's serving his country i mean that's got to be stressful <laughs> yeah i thought i thought you know what's funny i thought i would be worried more about him yeah but currently, not that I don't, each day I don't worry about each one of them in yeah. certain ways, but right now, I, I, you know, you think, oh, you know, your, your daughter's going to be in this nice, safe... L.A., warm beach. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and a nurse, what a great job, and, and now you're like, whoa, uh, you know, the front line, and, uh, and she's fine, doing, doing well, she's healthy, and, uh, but, but again, I think, you know... I, I don't think it was an accident that they all end up in a career in service. I think, yeah. you know, a lot of 
the values and the roots came right here yeah. as a result of this district. Well, that is amazing when you think about all four of them and all the lives that are being touched. Um, and it's certainly because it's been modeled by, you know, their mother and their father uh, and the service that they provide. So um, why did you get into education? I mean, I know you started off as a teacher. Were, did you start off at the high school then? Yep. Yeah. Right. So started out teaching high school English. And uh, so I, I, you know, I, it's kind of a, a, a strange way that I landed in education. And uh, I started out uh, actually kind of a non-traditional student. I, I, well, the traditional part I would tell you is I went to college to play football. Okay. Not, probably not to be a student. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, Where did you go to school at? Uh, college of Worcester. Okay. And so I, I started my freshman year at the College of Worcester. And, and you know, like quite a few uh, students back then, really didn't know what I wanted to do, really didn't, man, I like playing football, that's fun, I'll go do that and, and figure it out, that mm -hmm. kind of figure it out. And, and that freshman year, uh, you know, all my friends that were back home that didn't go to school had good jobs, they, they had nice cars, mm -hmm. they could get a pizza when they wanted a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> you know, There's I'm, no Little Caesars, yeah, the $5. No, I'm down the uh, old cafeteria style trying to hide an extra cheese sandwich <laughs> in my gym bag after dinner and uh so so i i just felt like i didn't fit there i didn't i didn't know what i wanted to do so i i dropped out of college and uh and i was first generation college neither of my parents had that opportunity hmm. so so you know that was pretty like when i probably the hardest part of that whole process was telling my dad that i you know because mm -hmm. he had worked hard I me mean, think about akron in the, the late 60s, early 70s, uh, you think about that time period, and, and my dad, for one of his children to go to college, was a big deal. Yeah, for real. And then I go, and then I quit. Yeah. And, and so, uh, but I quit, got a job, started, I, I drove a truck, wow. uh, did a lot of different jobs, knocked around, and really didn't know what I wanted to do. And uh, so, by the time I started teaching and graduated from Akron U, I, I went back I was working nights and then kind of went to, to uh, what actually started it was I volunteered to coach. Hmm. And, I, and I had an a old high school coach who said, you know, you're, you're pretty good at this, mm -hmm. not just the coaching side, but really working with kids. You should think about it. Wow. And he's like, you really want to be unloading trucks when you're 50? Well, at the time, I'm young. And, and you're I'm, making good yeah, money. Yeah. I'm making good money, and I'm not thinking about being 50. And uh, and and so, you know, he was, and, and, and he was like, but, you know, and so I, I started to think about that. I was married, had one child. By the time I graduated from Akron U, I had a, you know, I was, I was the guy taking summer classes. I would ask the professor, my wife's working. I got to bring my my daughter, and <clears throat> the professor would be like, "Your daughter?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And he's like, and "I remember, you know, it was, it was one of my college professors laughing." So and and so my my oldest Brienne would go to class with me. Oh wow! And uh, and so we would do that, and then you know through that process, I, I ended up through the coaching door, mm -hmm. re realizing, you know, that I, I really wanted that's to be, awesome. yeah. And so that's, yeah. So by the time I graduated, uh, like I said, I, I was married to two kids and, uh, so then. Well, and, and when you, you talk about the role that that coach played in your life, um, it's amazing that that's just a constant theme that comes up all the time about the role that coaches play. Uh, in their athletes' lives and how just a few words, you know, push student athletes a different direction. Right. Uh, you know, and then we have the luxury of now looking back, you know, I look back at some of the roles that my coaches played and I'm like, man, I'm so thankful that they poured into me uh, and helped, you know, mold me into the man I am today and the father and the husband. Um, and it's not just coaches, of course, but you and I both coming from a, a background because my, my motivation to teach was coaching as well. And I've told you that story before, but I, I wanted to be the next Coach K 
And so I wanted to coach basketball. And after, you know, six years of college, I'm finally, all right, I'm just going to attack the next two years and get done. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, a year in, and I don't know if, if, you know, maybe you can talk about this transition a year in to teaching my mindset shifted. I'm like, all right, I'm going to coach because of the relationships, but I'm into this thing called teaching. Yep. I love the classroom and being with the kids and, and impacting lives in that way. And, and obviously you have the same passion because after 35 years, here you are, or 30 some years, you're leading the ship, you know, uh, right. and making really, really difficult decisions. What, so did you ever have like a, a, a moment like that where you're like, okay, I love coaching, but I know you got out of coaching. Why did you choose to get out of coaching? Right. So, so yeah, I, I think you're right, Mark. Like, like the coaching was the door that got me in, but had it just been that, I don't know that I'd still be doing this, but that classroom time with, with different types of kids mm -hmm. from all different walks of life and with different you know, throughout the day to see, see kids start to figure things out, see kids get, get a concept they didn't get before to see, you know, that, that piece I, I found, uh, you know, that, that's what kept me going really not the coaching as much. And then, uh, you know, one of the things that, that, uh, some of my colleagues, I, again, identified that I had a really good way with kids and my approach to discipline. Mm -hmm. And so I was helping, I'm, I'm teaching in this hallway, but I'm also helping kind of work with kids who aren't doing or being successful in other yeah. classrooms and teachers. And, and, uh, you know, I, I remember one teacher thought I was, I was much bigger than I am now. <laughs> Although I am bigger in some areas now than what I, you know, some of the, some of it's been shifted, but it's time to see Brian cook again, yes. our previous guest. Yeah. He'll train but, you again. But, but, you know, some people made the assumption, big, loud football coach. That's why I had discipline in my classroom. Mm -hmm. And, and that's why I dealt with these difficult kids. Yeah. And, and that was, an easy stereotype for them to fall into back sure. then. Yeah. But what people who knew me found, I, I think, and I believe, uh, was the ability to build relationships with kids. Yeah. And, and that if, if you can build a relationship with a student, you, you can help them make better choices. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of, that path that I saw next for me was being an assistant principal. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, a lot of people hate that job or hated that job as an administrator. I, I kind of liked it. There are days that I, if, if someone said to me, could you go back and coach again? I, I don't know that I could. Right. Could I go back and teach English again? I don't know that I could. But if someone said to me, you know, it was a job really? you would, I would go back and be an wow. assistant principal. I think it was the most, to me anyway, the, the most impactful job where I think I, I did the most good. Wow. Based yeah. on my skills. Sure. I, I feel like, uh, you know, a lot of people see the word discipline as a negative word or negative connotations, which totally, you're missing the boat. Yeah. I mean, deep down, we all want discipline. We all want structure. Mm -hmm. and, and eventually what we want is we want the ability to, to self-discipline, to self. And, and so really, you know, I, I saw that role as an opportunity to help kids make good choices. Mm. And I think, again, if, if, you, if you build a relationship with a student and, and how do you do that, uh, you know, you, you got to know that you know, like, I would ask you this, Mark. Uh, do you trust me? I do trust you. And do you Absolutely. believe I care about you? Absolutely. Those are two foundational questions mm -hmm. that I think when you're working with young people, they, they've got to be able to know. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that third piece then would be, are, are we both committed to that common goal of excellence, personal excellence for that, yeah. you know, there's got to be that. But I think that first two things when you're working with, with anybody, not just young people, I mean, with, with 
is I always try to establish, uh, you know, that you know I care about you and that you trust me. Hmm. And so then how, how do you build trust with people, particularly students that are struggling mm-hmm. in, in a school setting? A lot of times they've had a lot of mistrust in their life mm-hmm. or a lot of trauma that's been caused by broken promises and mistrust. So I think, you know, that role I held as an assistant principal, I always felt like if I could, you know, build that relationship yeah. with that student and help them. Because, I mean, the research is so clear. And, and even 30 years later, the difference between life for a child with a high school diploma or without, mm-hmm. think about it. Yep. I mean, think about just that that diploma. You know, now a lot of people would argue that it's evolved a little more where it also needs some credentials right. or associate's degrees or, or BAs and MAs and, and what that path to prosperity looks like. But none of those happen without that high school diploma. All right. So, so if we can take students uh, that are struggling and, and help, you know, help them make good choices to build that path to prosperity, that it, it, it's, it's probably, again, like I said, I would look yeah. back and tell you the most impactful I felt yeah. that I had. Well, it's, it's the Maslow's, Maslow before Bloom mindset. Right. Yeah. And, and I, there's no greater position than the assistant principal. And it's so it, it's exciting to watch you, uh, you know, share about this. Uh, a friend of mine, Tim Cavey, published an article just a couple days ago about so you want to be a teacher. Uh, and the main points that he brought up, you just brought up and you just shared. And it was kind of cool just to hear you talk about that light bulb moment, uh, teaching a, div- a diverse group of people or working with a diverse group of people establishing those relationships you know those are those are the things that when you know that you've been called to this profession those are the things that get you going and that's that's the bonus check for all of us uh and usually when people do talk about the assistant principal's position you know it's like okay thank god i'm out of there because i dealt with discipline all the time but when you really do have the maslow before bloom mindset and you you want to just make sure those needs are being met because you see the bigger picture yeah. uh, it's where you're uh, you're most effective so when so you went you were at talmage as an assistant principal and yeah. then you went to coventry as a principal uh assistant that's it yep uh and then one year there as an assistant then i became a principal Okay, and, and so uh, so that was again an interesting transition. I think, you know, as I've just said, what a great opportunity being the assistant to impact students' lives. You know, then you have this opportunity where, uh, as a building principal, you can influence that behavior side that you did as an assistant, but then you can also influence that academic side. Mm-hmm. That that. There's a there's an ability as a building principal where you really can influence. I mean, you are the key instructional leader yeah. of, of the building. Yeah. And so then that I saw that as an opportunity where, where I felt like, uh, you know, I, I could impact again, not just one side of that child, but the whole. Yeah. Include, you know, I, I felt like. You know, I, I feel like, and again, this is just me, my observations, no research, no, mm-hmm. it's just me sitting in this chair for 33 years. Uh, I feel like there has to be this balance, Mark, where uh, kids need to believe you care and you trust. Mm-hmm. So there's the relationship side. But then the other side to this is this rigor. Mm-hmm. There has to be rigor. Yeah. And so sometimes I feel like you, you could have a school that's totally into the relationship stuff. And, and I don't mean it like the word stuff, but... You, you, I get to it, yeah, but you, it's... You feel really good, yeah, but the rigor's not there. Yeah. That's not going to help you on that path to prosperity. Sure. Yeah. But if you have this totally rigorous environment and you don't have that relationship side, you're not going to be successful either. Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to strike that balance of, of academic rigor. Yeah. And, and again, if you go back to what I said a, m- a few minutes ago about, about people and the desire 
for structure and the desire. Like if you think about anything that you really value in life, any of us, if, if I just go back in my brain and I think about uh, some things I'm really proud of or that I have, it was the result of hard work. Like mm -hmm. it wasn't something that came yeah. easy. You rarely value something that, that comes right. easy. Right. So, so, so human beings, again, I really believe that with the right help, do want to set goals and they do want to strive for something and rigor and they want challenges. And, and if you create an environment where failure is just a step in the process, mm -hmm. and, and again, how we as a school treat failure will say a lot about kids' willingness to strive for rigor. Right. So I think that that was what I saw as the opportunity as a principal, you could strike that balance because you have that ability to instructionally lead teachers that there has got to be rigor, mm -hmm. got to be rigor, and, and, and rigor for every child. Yeah. You know, I, I started my career where we literally had English 9 was A, B, C. Hmm. Honors, college prep, path to where. Yeah. You know, and so that was something I took pride in when I came back as a principal was we were going to untrack these classes. Yeah. You know, if, if, if kids wanted to aspire to the rigor of the honors and, and everyone should have that opportunity to experience that. I was okay with that, but no one should be tracked into this mm -hmm. path that doesn't prepare you for, yeah. you know, so, so I think as a principal, you have those opportunities where you, you can, uh, balance, there's gotta be rigor and there's gotta be this, uh, safe, environment where people feel cared about mm -hmm. and loved every child deserves to feel that that care and compassion and love and then if you build those relationships i, I find this the other thing i love about this job is like <laughs> like you build a relationship with these kids they got more energy than like i can't <laughs> even imagine going to fedex and working with a bunch of adults yeah i can't imagine going somewhere else and, and having to, to lead and manage an office yeah. of adults. Like I, I just find like kids are so, when you get the relationship and you lay out a path, the why, yeah. you, you know, I mean, you watch the energy yep. and, and it's, it's contagious. It is. It's contagious and it keeps you young. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's one of the things when you are around such positive energy uh, where they, they have high expectations for their future and they're willing to put the time in, um, and and you again, you see the light bulb moments, man. It just it really it takes years off of your life, I think, because you're you're around that and you're you're feeding off of it. Uh, so then you became superintendent. Yeah, that, I, still, <laughs> I, I don't have such a good explanation for that one as I did the first two career paths. I think there's days. Uh, yeah, so so I think again, kind of following that path of, so if, if, if you have this ability as a principal to balance that, that potential for a building, then why wouldn't you want to do that for an entire district yeah. for an entire district? And I also feel like, uh, you know, if, if you see problems where you have your own opinions of solutions, you know, you can sit in the back seat and tell someone how to drive or you can get behind the wheel and, and at least, you know, roll up your sleeves and take, take a chance. And so I felt like, felt like there was an opportunity where, uh, this district gave me a lot, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I, I can tell you through my career, Mark, they, they, I, like I had a wife, two kids and I needed a job. And I, I was this close to leaving education. I had a great job with Pepsi Cola loading trucks. Mm -hmm. They liked me. I liked them. And if I couldn't get this job, I was just going to go down that path. And, and I was a finalist in another district and didn't get it. And just thought, man, I'm just not going to find a teaching job. And, uh, and the principal of Talmadge high school got the name, my name from a colleague who said I was a finalist. 
they called me, they interviewed me, and they took a chance on me, hmm. and they gave me a chance. Wow. You know, and then as an assistant, you know, administration, they gave me a chance. And yeah. so, so I felt like, like if I could do some good as a superintendent, yeah, I, I felt like this community welcomed my family and, and did a lot of good for, for me. And so this was kind of an opportunity for me to wow. give back. It's, it's so funny because our, our stories are so similar in so many areas. And I never realized that until this. And that's one of the reasons why I love doing this. But, you know, um, Jack McKee was the principal at the middle school. And uh, I was very fortunate to get a student teaching position there. That's a whole other story in and of itself. <laughs> and I remember, you know, I, I graduated in December of 98. And then they hired me as a full-time sub. And because I was actually, when I found out I got that job, I was on my way to Comp USA to get an inside sales position job uh, with them because I had sold computers and managed, uh, you know, Sun TV, the computer department there. And, um, and I hadn't, you know, and it was actually that winter was really bad. So school had started and I was a day by day sub. And I think for three weeks, I got no, I didn't get a call. And I'm like, <laughs> I got to make some money because Sun TV had filed for bankruptcy and <laughs> right. closed. I'm like, I don't have anything. And I'm yeah. not doing it. So I'm, I was literally on my way down Market in Fairlawn to Comp USA. And I got that call on this like archaic uh, Toshiba cell phone. And I'm like, all right, I'll take the, the full time subbing position. Fast forward to the end of the year, and Jack McKee's like, okay, I'm retiring. Last thing I'm doing is I'm going to get you a job here. And, uh, and he worked with me and got me a job uh, teaching. And, and that, you know, I've been here ever since. Yep. Uh, the, the district has treated both of us ex extraordinarily well. Yeah, I and, feel uh, blessed for yeah. sure in this community. So you're an avid reader. It's one of the other things that you and I have in common. Yep. And one of the questions I like to ask our guests are, um, you know, what are you currently reading and what would you recommend to our listeners to read? All right. So I'm currently reading. I, I, I You know, what's funny is I go between work-related book uh, and then I go to pleasure. Mm -hmm. And I'm a history diehard. And so I... Uh, I banged out this winter, man, some heavy-duty, dry, I guess the author wouldn't appreciate so I... <laughs> <laughs> So we'll keep it. Yeah. We won't mention it. No, we'll say uh, <coughs> Chernow or... Uh... <laughs> but anyway, I, I read Grant. I read uh, Hamilton. I read, you know, so I... I oh, man. Back-to-back? Yeah. Back -back? yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was winter, right? But it, these are long, cold winters in Northeast Ohio. But so I, I did some really... In, enjoyable for me personal yeah. enjoyable like dry history and then i did a couple books on uh just some leadership type books but right now i'm reading uh historical fiction hillary mantle mm -hmm. uh it's she, she had a trilogy and i'm on uh uh bring up the bodies which it's kind of a it's a historical fiction on uh henry the eighth Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So it's it's kind of a little bit diversifying uh, your history. Yeah, yeah. So I went that route after doing the the straight yeah, out U.S. Uh, and so so th those uh, this this book someone recommended to me and it's a trilogy. Like I said, I'm in, I'm on one of them and it's it's pretty good right now. And I think uh, you know if I had to recommend a book for someone, uh, goodness. What would be your top book? Top book. It's hard when you're asked that question. You know, I go home and, yeah. I, you know, it, and again, it's kind of, you're, you're a little bit moody when it comes to books because I'll, I'll go home and look at my bookshelf. I'm like, well, I would recommend this. I would recommend that. I'd recommend this. Yeah, that's what like, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here looking right now and I'm thinking, what, what did I just finish that was... It's funny, while you're looking, and I'm looking at Mr. Ferguson's bookshelf, uh, I see one right there that's in my top five, Carol Dweck's Mindset. You actually gave me that book way back in the day when you did a book study within the district, I think, or, or something, and I, and I saw you carrying it, and I asked you about it, and you... Uh, you get next couple days later there was one in my mailbox and i read that and i will tell you that that was a watershed moment for me in my teaching awesome. uh, philosophy and even as uh, as early as this morning i was talking to my daughter about fixed versus growth mindset yeah uh and it just it it, it impacted me incredibly and then the book that you just pulled out there is another one that uh that i love very much you, you want to know what uh Dare to Lead, and, and this, guess who recommended this book to me? Our students. 
Okay. okay. I, I did a, actually it was Jen Stewart mm -hmm. and our students from uh, Leaders in Action. I did a book study with them. Yeah. And uh, I probably wasn't as good of a participant as they were. Mm -hmm. But again, it was, uh, I, I, so I, I really feel like, actually this was the first book of uh, hers that I read. And it's now since then made me want to go back in and get some of her other oh yeah uh, work. So I, I could recommend that one then, Mark. I would recommend Dare to Lead. Yeah, and uh, I think it's Bren. Brene. Well, Brene, Brene, Brene Brown. Brene, I think. Brene Brown. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll tell you that that's another book. And then her work with vulnerability. You know, she yeah. talks about and you, and you can't. There's no greater time in the history of this nation where vulnerability is needed than right now. Right. You no, know? absolutely. And, and I think when you talk about leadership anywhere the, her her books are awesome but but in education right now and with uh, young people that that we uh are charged with mm -hmm. helping and and working with i think her her uh work is huge well, she's got a great podcast too yeah and so i yep. i love listening to her podcast yeah that's a great one uh do you um what is your passion besides reading do you have a passion or some like a hobby that you do to go out and kind of decompress from all the decision making that you're doing? Yeah, so I'm an avid cyclist. I, I love hmm. my time on the bike. It's uh, you know what's funny is I was a runner. Now, no, my son would say I was a plotter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was well, a runner. I was a plotter, and so so I I, I would you know, you know always. Like I, I, my parents, uh, we we were always active, like like we were physical, active. I, I can youngest some of my youngest memories, and this will show you my age, is my mom. She'd probably be embarrassed. God bless her that I'm telling this on a podcast. But I can remember watching her do Jack LaLanne on TV. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so we would be, you know, we were kids before I, you know, before school, and, and we're doing we're doing calisthenics with Jack oh, LaLanne and my mom. So, so, and then athletics was a big part of all of our family, and 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 just physical activity, going to a park, you know, whether my dad was taking us ice skating or whether we were. We're hiking, mm -hmm. active, very active, and so uh, so I, I feel like I've always been active or feel like I need to be active, but as I get older, I got to tell you, man, that running is just, mm -hmm. so, so I'm, and the other thing I found too when I ran, I had to have, for whatever reason, I developed a habit of earphones when I work mm -hmm. out. When you're on the bike, there are no headphones. Yeah. There is no music, it's you and the bike, yep. and it's just... I, 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 so, you know, I have, a, I have a trainer in my basement for the winter, but the first day that I can get my bike out on the road, I'm out. Uh, and so I, I'd say that, that is a, a hobby of mine. You're doing high mileage on that then? High mileage. Yep. 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 I have a, I have a couple set trails okay. that I'll go out. Uh, I got one usually through the summer, like Every Friday afternoon, I'll try to cut out of here a little early, and and I can get to Cleveland and back. Okay, and so wow. that, that's a nice sixty. I think it's sixty four miles. Wow. So that's usually one of my higher days. Yeah. Uh, you are serious. Oh, I love it. I, you know what's funny is then to keep my, my active coaching, I was actually teaching cycling. Oh, really? Yeah, Falls Natatorium. Oh, were you really? Before the COVID, it kind of ended my career. Oh, but wow. <laughs> yeah, and, you know what's funny, Mark, is I got there, I got to go there, and people thought that was my day job. Oh, really? Yeah, so no one knew. No, people didn't awesome. know that I was, no one was complaining to me about <laughs> snow days there. <laughs> but I was at the Natatorium in uh, Falls, and then I would go there, and I taught two days a week. Wow. Cycling, indoor cycling. That's and cool. uh, get, kept my coaching. Uh, and it gave me a, a, a free pass to swim there. Heck yeah. So I needed, like, well, again, not, not, man, the back feels so good when you're swimming. Yeah. And, and, you know, I missed that due to the COVID, being able to get in the water. But uh, so cycling, I would tell you, is, awesome. is, yeah, I love it. I, I have, you want, you want to know what one of my, my bucket lists, maybe if I put it on your podcast, then I'll be Hold held you accountable. accountable. Yeah. Uh, when I retire, and I don't know when that'll be, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but when I do, I have this secret plan where I'm going to ride the Southern Tier. Oh, wow. So it, it starts in St. Augustine, Florida. 
Yeah. And you ride to San Diego. Wow. I'm going to do it. That's awesome. Yep. Man, I wish my knees could hold up to even do a 25-mile. Yeah, I don't, I, that's my goal. I don't know. Yeah. I, might, I might get, like, west of St. Augustine and, and decide it'd be easier to just fly. <laughs> well, you know, I have a friend who, um, he's a, pa- a local pastor here in Talmadge, and he took a sabbatical, and he did something very similar but on his motorcycle. And he just took off for a couple months and just drove. I mean, he went from east to west. Yeah. And then stayed in California for a while. But I mean, some of the stories and some of the things that he shares are pretty, pretty incredible. Uh, another buddy of mine got a Peloton. So he's okay. been talking to me about that. And he's like, oh, it's yeah. really cool because he got the screen, yeah. you know, and he's biking. And um, um, so if you were to look back on all your years of education, is there a particular like embarrassing moment that stands out? Oh, man, there's a list. <laughs> uh, so, so I just, this is probably funny. This is funny, and <laughs> and so when I was the assistant principal here, my oldest daughter was, when I got the job, I, I can't remember if she was a junior or senior, but I, I think she was a senior. Okay. And we had just, I, I was part of the, you know, part of that process when we brought the block to Talmadge High yeah. School okay. in, in the study and all that. And so this academy was all new to us. Mm-hmm. But how to keep track, back then we had over a thousand kids in the high school and uh, I was the assistant principal and we were having just the hardest time. Kids were flying out every door hmm. during academy and sneaking out and skipping. And, <laughs> and so that was my job, like like try to plug all the leaks in the dam, right? And And so... So we were working, and it was it was spring, and, and and so, so we were like keeping track of how many you know catch them Saturday school catch them Saturday. We got this many kids flick cutting, and 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 we're nailing it, and we're tightening it down, and we found out ways they were getting out, leaving this door open. You know, very creative. I mean, mm-hmm. they all. And so anyway, uh, so we finally, and I'm the assistant and the principal, we're standing out front by that flagpole, and we finally got <laughs> oh, it all no. locked down, right? <laughs> we got it all locked down, and we're like, well, it's been a rough couple weeks, man, but I feel like we finally got everybody. Oh, and this car drives by, and the principal looks, and he says, Mr. Ferguson, wasn't that your car? <laughs> I said, no, no, that's not my car. He's like, no, no, that's your car. And I had this old beater. And so it definitely was by, but I'm like, no, nah, it's not. And I reach in my pocket and I got my keys. Oh no. And it was my daughter and two of her girlfriends. Oh my God. Sneaking out. <laughs> and so I grabbed the keys from, from, I said, let me borrow your keys. Long story short, I got on the McDonald's. There's there my they car. Were. There they were. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so, uh, here she had swiped my spare set of keys. Oh my gosh! From we had the key ring. Yeah, she had taken that, and and her and her girlfriends for a senior. And here in front of your principal. Yeah, your in boss, front of my and principal, you're like, yeah, and I did such the, a good job, and yeah, then boom. And, and then the word flew around the school that oh my, my daughter. Yeah, and and so yeah, that was an embarrassing moment. Well, then then you're like in a, a position. Well, then there's the punishment. Oh. Well, you know what's funny is I told two of the girlfriends who she's still friends with because they'll joke frequently about, remember that time your dad came down to McDonald's and stuck his face in the window and we were in the booth (laughs) and the ones start crying? (laughs) Yeah, so I said to the girls, I go, girls, the three of you have a Saturday school. Brianne? You get to go home with me today. <laughs> and so they're oh, like, Mr. Man. Ferguson, we made her do it. We oh, made her gosh, do no. it. Don't pull on the sword. For oh, her, yeah, man. they did. Wow. So, that yeah, is... so that that was one of the more embarrassing moments. That's so funny. Yeah, that's funny. I could even go through the mullet years where I had the mullet. That's embarrassing unto itself. Oh, to try but, to find a picture of that and yeah. throw it up on social media. So, what about uh, what was your favorite overall memory? Or maybe even maybe an accomplishment that you're proud of. Boy, that's hard. I I, I will say I feel like uh, you know being being part of where I feel like I've watched the district grow. Mm-hmm. You, you know, 
I look at like our portrait of a graduate, mm -hmm. uh, the directional system that we worked so hard on, and then I look at these new facilities this community's blessed us with. Yeah, for real. Y you know, uh, you know, we've been through some very difficult times together, mm -hmm. and I feel like uh, we have worked very hard to keep the confidence of this community and mm -hmm. the support. And, you know, think about it, Mark. We, we now have state-of-the-art K-12 facilities for our kids. Yeah. Uh -huh. Our athletes now have the facilities with which they deserve yeah. to, to be educated in. And, and all of that, uh, you know, that investment of that last levy even uh, by this community, knowing it's tough times for these folks here in town, but they invested in our kids. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, like that trust, that relationship, that that process uh, is something that we have worked hard together. And so I'm, I'm very feel very blessed and very proud that I, I got to be part of that. Well, I'm so thankful that um, you're able to verbalize that here because I know. As a community member, you know, living here in Talmadge and then teaching, I know one of the things that holds me accountable is, is that as well. You know what? You're entrusting your kid, and then when we get outside of the classroom, you're entrusting your tax dollars. You've invested, and you have made, you're making sacrifices out there for us. So I owe you the best that I can possibly, you know, do. And uh, and and I hear the same thing coming from you. And I and I. I would, you know, I look at these buildings and, and I look at our facilities. We really are blessed. And our kids are going, you know, again, the Maslow before Bloom, kids are going to walk into these buildings and they're going to feel safe and provided for and taken care of. And it's just going to accelerate their learning. Right. And it's going to make them want to attack with rigor, you know, yeah. and, and to buy in. I love that so much. A um, couple little goofy questions and then we'll finish with a more serious one. Do you have a guilty pleasure when it comes to music? Is there something you listen to that people are like, Mr. Ferguson, you listen to that? or? So, I, you know, it's funny. I have a very eclectic taste in music. So I have, you know, I'm kind of mad that vinyl has become popular again. <laughs> I used to be able to go to people's yards and buy like a box oh, of yeah. vinyl for a buck. Yep. So I have like records on my turntable and and it's getting harder now to get oh yeah yeah now it's so uh yeah but i i saw so, so if you saw everything that i have you would die laughing because it's very eclectic everything from you know there are days i go down on my bike trainer and i put my led zeppelin catalog on and just ride uh but then i, I do have like that that's one where people would say all right given the age group yeah Zep, we could see that uh, but I, I do uh, also enjoy my Johnny Cash. Mr. Householder said yep. the same thing. Yep. Loves yep. Johnny Cash. Yep. And, and Bruce Springsteen. And, yeah. And, and you know what's funny? I uh, I collect Johnny Cash, but only his son records from his early days. Really? So there was a... Yeah, and, son, and S-U-N, yeah. Yeah, and that's just kind of my... I mean, I still have all any sure. other Johnny Cash stuff, but if I see... Like I'd be willing to pay a little more if I know it's a uh, one of his Sun record. Okay. Just I think that's the history lover in me. Yeah. And the history of Sun records yeah. and the early stuff. But yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's one people might not see me as a Johnny Cash lover. That's. But I do like that old uh, some of the old country. Well, a lot of my students would want to know um, cat or dog. So I don't own either. I did have when my kids were growing up both, but I would be a dog person. <laughs> so that's the, the dog's winning so far. Yeah, I think the ex-assistant principal, man, the cat just seems too sinister to me. <laughs> they always got something up their sleeve. <laughs> yeah, they do. Sneaky, sneaky. Uh, so I do have a couple more questions, but I would ask you this. Uh, we have a lot of students that listen to this. Uh, and um, do you have just a piece of advice, one piece of advice for them that you would share that maybe you wish, you know, Jeff Ferguson had known when he was a junior or senior in high school? Yeah, I, th I, th I, th I think the piece of advice that I would give them is you are okay. Like, like in embrace who you are, the differences. Mm. Yeah. 
I, I think you know, it's natural when we look at like that maturation and that process where you are like to, to kind of question yourself. Yeah. And I think that like I did, you did, mm-hmm. you, you know? Uh, and, and so I, I would just tell young people, man, like, like embrace who you are and, and, and it's okay to not know the answer. Like yeah. it's, it's okay if you don't know what you want to be when you grow up. You know, I've been doing yeah. this 33 years. I'm not sure this is what I really want to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, I just think like, like, you know, if I could, it, and it's hard knowing again, that, that age yeah. is, is a time of question, yeah. but I, but I would want every student to know, like you, you, it's important who you are. And, yeah. and you are uniquely yeah. you. Uniquely you. Yeah. And embrace that. And, and it is okay that that you are, mm-hmm. you know, feeling what you're feeling. Yeah. It's a natural, you know, everyone else is too. They might not be, they might look all put together and all <laughs> yeah. finished product, you know. Yeah. Like I can remember thinking a bunch of my friends had it all figured out and I didn't. Mm-hmm. And thinking that was like, whoa. And then, you know, you look at how many times people will change mm-hmm. paths. Yeah. So. Wow. That's great advice. And I, and I, I love, I love just kind of reiterating that message that, that you are uniquely you and every kid is special and they bring value. Yep. And I know that that's your mission for our district. And I know that that's what you have always you know, presented and valued no matter where it was in your academic career. So um, I want to thank you for being with us today. Um, man, I, you know, it's been, a, it's been a quick almost hour. I think we should do like part two again because I want to <laughs> I get into your leadership philosophy. And, uh, but you know what? I, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. And I, and I think it's so important for not only the teachers to hear this you know, from you, but for the community to hear about who you are as the person and how your motives uh, for leading this this district, you know, it's student-centered and you want what is absolutely best for our kids. Uh, and I've seen that, you know, having the honor of serving under you as, as a teacher and, you know, at, when you were principal and watching the way that you led our building and now, you know, watching how you lead our district, I, I appreciate you and I appreciate your time. So, well, thank you, Mark. I, I appreciate you uh, and everything you do for our kids and, and everything. Uh, you know, so I, I'm I'm just thankful you thought to well, have this, give me this opportunity. Well, I've learned so much about you, stuff that we didn't <laughs> know. You know, it's like so. I know everyone's going to enjoy this. So, hey, thanks for tuning in again today, and uh, stay tuned. We've got other guests coming up this summer. Uh, In the meantime, if you feel up to it, make sure you hop on social media uh, and maybe tweet us or, you know, recommend the podcast, hop on whatever your listening uh, platform is and give us a review. So, hey, have an absolutely incredible day. I hope you enjoyed our interview today. Be sure to subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you are listening on. And also feel free to follow me on Instagram. At, at Mr. Horner the teacher or on Twitter at THS Mr. Underscore Horner for podcast updates, blog updates, and more information about our guests. If you liked what you heard, I would appreciate if you give us a review and share the episode. Help me get the message out about how incredible our community is and how awesome our teachers are. If you haven't, make sure you go back and listen to past interviews. There are a lot of amazing people that we've had the privilege of interviewing. Until next time, Go Blue Devils.